Hello, I'm Alison Creel, founder of Above and Beyond Education, an online portal where every educator is celebrated for the amazing work that they do each and every day. It's a space where you can share what's going really well, celebrate, collaborate and support and so much more. Flying High is the official podcast for Above and Beyond Education, and each week we'll hear from one of our members who share the highlights of what's going well for them in their work in education. Our guest this week is Russell Taylor, who is in his second year of his ECT here in London. Um, a little while ago, someone contacted me and sort of said, do you, do you interview in ECTs or are they just people with book deals and stuff? And it's just like, no, this is a podcast which is uh, about celebrating the whole of the profession. And we need our baby teachers. We need our ECTs and so on to carry on um, this incredible profession that we're all in. So I was really excited when I was asked whether um, I would chat to Russell uh, to see whether or not he'd like to be a guest. And we met last week for the very first time and we had a really great conversation. I kept having to say, don't tell me anymore. I want to say before the podcast. I don't want this to be over-rehearsed. So, uh, Russell, thank you ever so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. It's Honestly, as I said, when I first met you, it's a real pleasure to meet someone that is championing all different types of people within the, the teaching industry. There's a lot of unsung heroes out there um, within teaching and it's it's a difficult job. You know, it's there's a lot of people who go into teaching and then leave teaching. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's lovely to be here. It's lovely to uh, <laughs> share my uh, my experience so far of the profession. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. And you're absolutely right. There's a lot of unsung heroes in teaching um, and we don't really think about it until they're not there. Yes, yes, <laughs> massively. And uh, I mean, from my own context, you know, the, the role of mentors, for example, in schools, which, we you know, we'd call uh, teaching assistants, they are certainly some of the most impressive people I've met so far in the profession. You know, they, they are unsung heroes and they are often looked down upon, unfortunately. They're the backbone of the school. They know everything. Precisely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> anyway, Russell, tell us about your journey and how you come to be doing teaching at this stage in your life, because I know you've done a lot of other really interesting things. So share, share away. Well, it's very cliche, but I suppose I always had an inkling that I'd be a teacher. Um, it's something that I tried to deny <laughs> growing up. <laughs> I didn't really want to go back to school, uh, but I just had that—I just had that innate feeling of wanting to teach. Uh, you know, I started off in a—I wouldn't say a small city, but Sheffield felt small at the time compared to London. But yeah. um, I never thought I'd end up leaving Sheffield, but I ended up staying there five years to uh, do my degrees and uh, I never thought I'd end up in London to be quite honest and I never thought I'd end up in special educational needs to be honest mm -hmm. um, and it's it's been fantastic so far I've really enjoyed it and uh, the journey I've had to be able to get where I've got to five years of hard studying I never took a break I always gave it my all and now it just feels as though I've been rewarded with such a lovely job and being able to teach lovely children who really do have a passion for history and the sociology. And they, honestly, I, I, I'm just so thrilled to have, have got to that end point. And teaching isn't an end point, but it's it's the start of a long, 
a long journey that I look forward to continuing on. So tell us about little Russell. Were you one of those kids who just used to rush to school every day or did you have a different story? I, yeah, I suppose so. I, I loved school growing up. Um, I went to a very small primary school. I went to a, I went to uh, everything in the local area. It was one of those places where everyone knew each other. Um, I loved school tremendously. I I hated maths. Unfortunately, I was <laughs> <laughs> I was I was prone to faking illness to get out of maths. Um, but I loved things like history and English and and art and even science. And eventually, again, it's cliche, very cliche, but I loved history so much that, you know, as the years went by, going to secondary school, um, I was unfortunately one of those children who went to a school for two years and it was merged with another school uh, and uh, tried very hard to make new friends at school, which was quite daunting. Mm. But history was the thing that kept me going throughout all of it. I had a really great rapport with my history teachers and they're the ones that actually inspired me to get into teaching in the first place. Um, so, yeah, I did go to school with a spring in my step and <laughs> I loved it. It was it was something at the end of the day, I'd, I'd leave with a big beaming smile. And um, I just would love children from all backgrounds to be able to do that, to leave school with a spring in the step and a smile. You know, as yeah. soon as they get home, the parents or carers can see this big beaming grin. <laughs> They've had a good day. They've had a good yeah, day. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. fall into two camps. There's a group of people who had the worst time in school. Yeah. And gone back into the profession because they wanted to be the teacher they never had. And you've gone in to be the teacher that you did have, who inspired you to be the teacher that you are today. Um, and so you went off to uni. So you did history at uni. I did. I did. Um, I did an undergraduate degree in history. Then I did a, ma a master's degree in global history. Um, uh -huh. And then I did my PGDE in teaching history. So okay. So history is definitely yeah. your passion. Um, Massively so. And when we were first uh, chatting, you were explaining quite a difficult start in teaching where maybe you weren't in the right place. Yes. Um, I mean, un unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't feel quite at home in my first uh, placement school. And, you know, it, it just happens sometimes you're not the right fit, sometimes they're not the right fit for you. And... Ultimately, it was good that I could recognise that it was a place that I didn't feel I could gel with because many teachers, unfortunately, especially student teachers, when they are in that position where they feel so, uh, I guess, at the whims of the, of the school that you first go to, it's a daunting mm -hmm. prospect. Yeah. Um, they feel so compelled to try and like that school as much as they can. and. I think, unfortunately, and there needs to be, I, I guess, a greater awareness is that not every school is meant for that teacher. And uh, I suppose young student teachers, ECTs like myself, we need to start to learn that, you know, not every school is made for us. Yeah, um, I spend a lot of time talking to people who are miserable in their workplace. Um, mm. 
And uh, my advice to them always is, you know, if you're on the wrong bus, then get off the bus and get onto the right number bus going in the right direction yeah. so that you feel more aligned with it. But what often happens is people leave altogether and sort of say, no, 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 this is what every school is like. Um, it's not for me. I'm going to leave teaching. And so we see quite a lot of ECTs leaving at the end of their first year and not going into their second year. Um, but you didn't do that. You went to another school. I did. And my second school was absolutely fantastic. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a shame that I didn't get a job there because it was just, it was so idyllic, a little countryside school. And uh, class sizes weren't too big. Uh, teachers were genuinely happy to be where they were. And it felt at home. People felt right there. Um, there were there was a position coming up, in fact, at the school at the time. And um, yeah, I met a lovely lady there who was um, who'd been teaching there as a supply teacher um, for a few years, in fact. And, you know, she she inspired me, too, because she she turned her life around at 50. You know, she used oh, to wow. work in a fish and chip shop and then she went to the open university and, and uh, she, she got her degrees late in life. And I thought to myself, uh, you know, I can't contest this, this lady's dream. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, if a position is going to come up, I, I want it to be yours. And wow. um, I, I honestly, the, the, the feelings of, of respect and and I guess admiration I had for the people I used to work with in that second school were beyond anything that I've really experienced and really mm. awoke something inside of me that made me feel proud to be a teacher. Yeah, well, I, I guess you now know what that feeling of being in the right place feels like. Um, and this is only the second year of your journey into teaching. Um, and you've got uh, hopefully lots and lots of exciting times ahead of you. And as you go through applying for positions, you'll remember that feeling um, so that when you are applying for jobs, you'll know whether or not it's, it's going to be for you or not. So it's not lost. No, no, of course, of course. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a shame, really, because there's, especially with the, the recent changes to the, I guess, the ECT programme and not just the ECT programme, but the ITT um, uh, program of study as well and the incentives to go into teaching have especially for history um as one example where the bursary has been reduced i think in yeah. fact it might have been altogether cut to be quite honest I, mm -hmm. i'm not sure what the recent changes have been but i think that will have a dramatic impact on the amount of, of teachers who follow my path and and um i think it's quite quite a sorry uh state of affairs but unfortunately um that's just the way of the world at the moment but luckily we have a a great cohort of history teachers around the uk at the moment yeah i, I think ed education um is really frustrating for me so i've mostly done turnaround schools and when you go in it's just like you know the maths results are bad and there'd be this real pressure on let's everybody do maths and do maths and maths and maths so that we can raise attainment in maths and then English results go down, maybe, or science results. And just like, well, why did they fall? Well, it's because we were just so busy concentrating on maths rather than thinking about how to keep everything together. And it's the same with our recruitment drive. So let's, you know, let's let go of the humanities teachers right now and put all of the money into yeah. the, there's, there's the maths teacher shortage. 
until we run out of history teachers again, and then we'll return to funding history teachers, um, which is a real shame, but that's that's pretty much how we work, I think. Um, yes. <laughs> so um, I'm going to ask you a, um, a curveball question. We didn't talk about this at all. So if you were to give your top bit of advice to somebody who's either um, thinking about becoming uh, an ECT or someone who's an ECT teacher is maybe having a tricky time, what would your top tip be for them? Patience. Patience mm -hmm. is something that has really guided me in my time as an ECT. Things go bump in the night and the journey can be fraught and rocky. But patience will give you that clarity and that peace of mind to be able to see a potential road ahead and the chance to find solutions to anything that you might be experiencing. And I think for teachers, you know, we we have to build patience into our lives, you know, especially in, in uh, mainstream schools, for example, where you may have a class of mates, you know, rowdy children and mm -hmm. patience is an, 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 an essential skill to be able to um, instruct yourself with. And ultimately, you also need patience with yourself because sometimes you push yourself too much and too far. And especially with ECTs, the programme can be intensive. It, it really can be, you know. Um, there's a lot of studying to be doing alongside of your um, main body of teaching. And it can be difficult to manage at times. And I, I, I recognise that wholly. <laughs> and patience has been an absolute guiding star for me in the, in these past uh, one and a half years now. So mm. that would be my top tip. A little bit of patience. Sorry to quote take that. No, I, I just think that's absolutely <laughs> so wise and so profound and uh, unexpected. I didn't think you'd say that. Uh, and what would you say to the person who is in the situation that you're in, where you were, uh, you know, doing your placement and you weren't in a school where you felt okay? How do you navigate that? I think it's recognizing that it isn't your, um, it isn't your future, mm -hmm. and that, especially for the ITTs who might be struggling in their first year, um, well, their first placement, should I say? Um, just again, having patience and also reflecting upon yourself as well and seeing how can you adjust what you are doing to be able to fit into um, the practices of that school and making life just a little bit easier. And at the same time, recognizing that there is another school ahead that you aren't just stuck in this one environment that. Mm. You know, the world is your oyster. Think about the amount of schools who um, are crying out for a brand new member of staff, and that could be you. There is always going to be someone that will want you and want your skills and never, ever at all feel as though you are trapped in that location, in that classroom, in that staff room you um, will escape that you will find somewhere <laughs> that values you and loves you for who you are absolutely and not every school is the same right precisely precisely 
I went to, um, I'll give you a bit of a, an insight into my journey into London. I applied for over 100 schools. Oh, wow. Prior to moving into London, um, I travelled to 10 different interviews across the entire country, from Newcastle to London to Birmingham to Manchester to Leeds. Wow. Yes, it was okay. it was fraught. It was a it was a terrible terrible time, um, mm. especially at the end of uh, well midway through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, oh gosh, yes. So, again, don't give up hope because mm. there will be a school that wants your talents. There will be a place where you are the key that unlocks that door for them. So, That's- patience. Back to my original point of patience. Have patience. That makes even more sense now. And you, yeah. my gosh, a hundred applications. Yeah. But the power is still yours because there is a teacher shortage and it is about finding the right key to the right door. So uh, just yeah. keep going. Yeah. And I also would say that one wrong turn or what feels like landing in the wrong place once isn't your whole life. It is just that moment and you can, you can divert. Um, and obviously, in your time now, you've had a range of different mentors. So uh, tell the mentors what they need to do that is particularly supportive of an ECT. Well, <laughs> I'm very lucky in that. <laughs> I know she'll uh, she'll uh, be smiling, but I had a I still have a very lovely um, mentor for my ECT. Um, a lady called Bucky Yusuf, and uh, she, I'm sure she'll be, she'll be going all good when she hears it, but she has been a rock. She has been um, a rock in my teaching career, and um, she is probably the apex of what a good mentor looks like. And one thing that I would suggest to other mentors from her practice is that She's always there to listen and she's always there any time that you need help. Any time that you may feel down, she's there. And she's incredibly good at recognising when, say, the day has maybe been too much for you and maybe you do need that time out and that time to breathe and just, I guess, verbally express everything that's been going on. and. Again, probably another person that's instilled this within me, she has patience mm, and really does. that has really reinforced everything about who I am. So, yeah. yes, she one of a kind lady, one of a kind. <laughs> she, she's amazing. And she listens to hear, not to respond. And uh, not many people do that. And I think that would probably be an incredible attribute if you were a mentor. Completely agree. She is a a lady of many different talents. The amount of different experience that you can draw in and inspire someone to replicate, I suppose, and uh, I guess encourage and inspire. She's a <laughs> she she feels like a superhero sometimes in that she she truly does have all of these different abilities to be able to listen, to be able to provide good advice. Um, to draw on past experiences of when she's been in those scenarios and um, I suppose provide you with a, a, a path that you could take mm. all whilst allowing you to develop your own ideas at the same time. 
So it's a very, very wise lady. So it pays to be wise and it pays to have that experience. Yeah, so that's a big shout out to Bookie. And of course, she's been on the Flying High podcast as well. Um, and so people are very welcome to listen to her. And one of the things that she's deliberately done is to um, not stay in one lane, but to really diversify in what she's done. And that's probably made her an incredibly rounded person. Um, so tell us what's going really well for you at the moment. Um, I'm really enjoying the fact that I'm. Well, I'm becoming a better teacher. I feel yeah. truly as though I'm my element. And I teach some really lovely students that really appreciate my time and appreciate the fact that they have such um, a wide array of, of experiences and uh, resources to tap into. I mean, last year was a, it was a, a bit of a, a struggle for me um, in that, I taught GCSE in one year, um, two GCSEs in, in, in one year. I taught both history and sociology in, in under a mm. year. Um, and when I got those results last year and they were, they were fantastic, um, it really elevated me this year. And I, I want to try and replicate that again. And I mean, I'm teaching A-level this year, two A-levels, or two and a half um, this year. So it, it's a busy, busy year for me. But I feel as though I'm really coming into my own. I'm coming into my own element. And um, it's really reinforced for me this year, especially um, with such positivity that um, I think this is the career for me. And I don't think I will leave teaching for a, a long, long, long time. Um, so it, it's been lovely. It's been lovely to to have such positivity and positive people to work with. Um, also in that, now this year I have more time for myself uh, now mm -hmm. that I've finished building my own curriculum and this year yeah. I can really enjoy the uh, the loveliness of London. Um, yeah, it's a cool <laughs> place, right? London's really cool. very cool. <laughs> yeah, so I just think that is, if we can't celebrate that, we can't celebrate the fact that someone has entered the profession and despite the difficult times and you've had some difficult turns and the challenges of even getting a placement, you've stuck in there. Um, and you're making your own dreams come true. And that I'm, I just know, well, I've already heard that you are a really talented teacher. And I can sense that in you. I sense your passion. So I want to say a huge thanks to you, Russell Taylor, for being a Flying High guest and for sharing your passion for teaching and for reminding us that it's not a straight path. Um, and there will be lots and lots and lots of twists and turns, but you can still come out smiling. And I also want to say thanks to our listeners for joining us. And please do go to our Wednesday Winners Forum on the Above and Beyond Education app to share your good news stories. And let's reclaim our right to celebrate the things which are going well in our schools and education communities. Thank you so much, Russell. Thank you. If you work in education and you'd like to take part in an episode of the Flying High podcast, simply contact me. I'd love to hear from you and we welcome diversity in voices. Thanks to all our Flying High guests and to the education community for working together to make every school a great school. Take good care of you. <laughs>